peace of our Lord be with you. God will protect those who love God and know God's name. Those words from today's psalm are luminous with confidence and beautiful with hope. So we always love to see them coming down lectionary lane making their way to the corner of Ridgewood and Eastover. But every time those words come to church, it is important for us to remind ourselves that all of the Psalms started out not as chapters in a Bible, but as music in a sanctuary. All the Psalms were anthems and choruses, Hebrew hymns, synagogue songs, temple tunes, all of which is particularly important to remember when we come to this morning's lesson from Psalm 91. Otherwise, we might unknowingly take words which were originally written to be sung as a congregational song of trust and interpret them instead as a personal guarantee of safety. That is, after all, how the psalm sounds. When the psalm says, Because you have made the Lord your refuge, no evil shall befall you, it does sound like a guarantee of safety. And when it says, God will protect those who love God, it does sound like a promise of protection. All of which can make this morning's psalm as bewildering for some as it is beautiful for others. Because while God does protect some people from some things sometimes, God does not protect everyone from everything all the time. This morning's psalm does say, God will protect those who love God and know God's name. But the truth is, we have all, at times, watched the most wonderful people we have ever known bear the most crushing sorrows we have ever seen. God does sometimes do what this morning's psalm says God does sometimes spare some people from some things. But God does not always spare everyone from everything. Which is why we so often find ourselves reaching for explanations. Explanations that are 
intended to resolve mystery, comfort suffering, and defend God. Explanations which, especially in our part of the world, often seem to come down to something along the lines of it's all part of God's plan. God didn't send this terrible thing, but God allowed it so that God could use it to accomplish God's plan. I think that most of the best people I know believe that way. Because most of the best people I know talk that way. So I know they genuinely believe that way. And once upon a time, I did too. I used to say that because I used to believe that. Who am I to say? For all I know, it, it could be the truth, but somewhere along the way, it occurred to me that if I was going to say that everything which happens in life is somehow a part of God's plan, then I had to be willing to assign to the plan of God not only all sorts of natural tragedies, diseases, and catastrophes, but also the most unspeakable acts of violence, injustice, and crime. And yes, I know the popular, widely held answer to that problem. The popular, widely held, deeply embraced answer to that problem is to say that God doesn't send those terrible, awful, unspeakable things. God just allows them. But that is a difference which just doesn't take with me. I often envy those who can embrace that way of thinking, but I cannot. For one thing, it on my ears, it just sounds like us working too hard to create loopholes for God. And for another thing, to say that God sees something devastating and destructive coming and has the power to step in and stop it, but chooses instead to allow it, 
seems, at least to me, to sacrifice too much of the goodness and love of God on the altar of the control and sovereignty of God. I cannot speak for you on this matter or any matter, but I can tell you that because of all of that, I have come to a place in my life where I am absolutely content just to say this. We live in a world where beautiful things happen and bad things happen. And if those beautiful things and bad things can happen to anybody, they can happen to everybody, including me and mine, and you and yours. We cannot do enough, or give enough, or be enough to obligate God to spare us and protect us from the hardest and worst that life can bring. But no matter what life brings, God is with us and God is for us, giving us the strength to go through what we did not get to go around. which actually may be what this morning's psalm eventually says down there in verse 15, where the psalm says, God will be with us in trouble. Think about this. One verse earlier, in verse 14, the psalmist said, God will protect us from trouble. In the very next verse, 15, the psalmist said, God will be with us in trouble. So which is it? Will God protect us from trouble? Or sustain us in trouble? Which is it? I say both. I say yes. Of course, we have to remember, Psalm 91 is not a carefully worked out theological explanation of human suffering or divine sovereignty. Like all the Psalms, it's a song. A song of trust. Sort of like a mighty fortress is our God. Or it is well with my soul. 
or, O oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. My sisters and brothers, while I was sitting with all of that this week, I had a discovery. The discovery was that there comes a time in your life when why ceases to matter Why recedes into some mist of a background replaced by how? How do we get through this? How do we love each other and hold one another close and take care of each other and make it through what we did not go around? How? Do we go forward becomes indescribably more important than why did this happen? How we get through and how we go on is with the help of the good and loving God who will either spare us from sorrow or sustain us in sorrow, but never abandon us to sorrow. Amen.